you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Sunday, the 14th of October. You are listening to Podland Trailcasters. I am Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as always, the daring, the dashing, the beautiful, and the bold, Brandon Goldner. What's up, B? What's up, K? If you want to reach out to the Trailcasters, you always can at Trailcasters on Twitter. Facebook or Instagram. Emails would be very pleasant. That's going to be trailcasters at gmail.com. So and you can visit our website, simply trailcasters.com. But the Dot most com. important thing is that we're going to want your five star reviews, whether they're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, it does not matter. What matters star, are those star, five star, star, star reviews star. because more reviews means more people, and more people means more fun, which is what we want to have in the show. And Keith, how is everything going on what is a spectacularly gorgeous fall day? It is a beautiful day, and fall is definitely definitely here. It's crazy. I uh, I left town for the weekend, uh, mid mid week actually last week to go up to Yakima for a work trip, and I felt Yakima. like when I when I felt like when I was living in Portland, there wasn't much fall here yet. Everything was still pretty green, and it still kind of had like a late summer feel. And then as I'm driving up into Washington, everything is already deep fall, like orange, yellows, and leaves on the ground. Uh, and only four days later, I come back down here to Portland, and what do you know? We got a lot of red on the street, got some yellow trees out there. Definitely is getting a little bit cooler, but man, it is sunny and beautiful out. It's it's amazing. I got to go to Cannon Beach yesterday, and nice. I was so shocked. 70 degrees, pure sun, no wind. I mean, it was, it was absolutely insane. It was the best weather you could ask for at the coast, no matter what time of year. And the fact it's mid-October was absolutely mind-blowing. And today, went on a little bike ride, had a late breakfast at City State, uh, rode back over the Tillicum Bridge. Yeah, I've just been digging this weather so much. Well, let me ask, where'd you go in Cannon Beach? Went to the beach. Uh, right down by the beach. Boy. Right down by the beach. I went to the beach. I went to the water and enjoyed the... Sa- I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> kind of putzed around. You know, I mean, there's nowhere specific. It was just it was kind of a fun day on the coast. Cool. Nice. No, I, the Cannon Beach is beautiful. I love that area. Uh, we go down to Manzanita a lot, too, but Cannon used to go to all the time. And it's uh, you know, a little more bigger and populated, but there's some nice stuff in there. Yeah, man, um, man's, as you know, Manzanita is my jam. Uh, but yeah, it was it was super cool. But uh, so when I was up in Yakima, though, I was Yakima. touring wineries. Yakima. Uh, <laughs> when I was up in Yakima, touring wineries. By the way, that's a, that's uh, a deep cut Seinfeld reference when Elaine is dating this dude from some Seattle, oh, and she tells you're Jerry. Me to make, yeah, she tells Jerry. He's like, "What is he from? From Yakima?" And she goes, "Seattle." It's, anyway, it was funny. <laughs> you're getting me to make uh, yeah. You're getting me to make uh, Seinfeld references, and I've never even seen this show. You completely caught me off guard there. You've never you- seen Seinfeld. We talked about this before a while ago. Wow. I, I've, I, no, I know haven't. of Seinfeld, but I know, it's not a show that I Whatever, watched when I was dude. younger, man. We're going to stop, stop the recording. This is some bullshit. <laughs> Come on. I love Kirby Enthusiasm. I watched a bunch of that all through college with my roommate, but Seinfeld was just not my thing You're back crazy. when I was that age. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. Uh, and you know what else is crazy is today on the show, we have from On the NBA with Dave DeFore. We've got Dave DeFore. He's going to be here to talk Jimmy Butler versus Tibbs, here to talk about Nurk's growing role with the Blazers, CJ's podcast, uh, the over-under that uh, DeFore did on his pod about the Blazers, and much, much more. We'll get Dave in here in a moment, but first, a word from one of our sponsors, Clearly Speaking. Keith, have you ever wanted to berate one of your friends for not watching an extremely popular TV show? (laughs) I have very recently, and if you want to do an even better job of that, you should talk to Brenda at clearlyspeakingoregon.com because she is a certified speech-language pathologist. That means that she can help you with accent reduction, with your enunciation, basically helping you find your most comfortable and confident voice. It doesn't really matter whether you're a student, whether you're in communications, whether you're in constituent services, or just someone who wants to be better at public speaking and just conversating in general, Brenda can really help you. So if you want to chat with her about that, you can check her out at clearlyspeakingoregon.com. That's clearlyspeakingoregon.com. Sound pretty good now, right? You sound... You sound Echo more the- beautiful than you look, which is saying something. <laughs> That's hard to do. Hard to do. I got a face for feature cinema. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what are Yo- we, Keith? Uh, yes. You're the yep. master of, of all things outlining. So, what are we? What the <laughs> hell are we talking about today? You guys still outline your podcasts? Yeah, oh, you know, man, I have to. I absolutely how, have to. I'm how so long? Have you, how many episodes have you done? Fifty. This is oh, fifty-one. Uh, you guys are wimps. <laughs> that is true. Just go go away from the outline. I mean, I, I used to outline my podcast, I think, for like the first five or six I did that. And then I was just like, nah, I'm good. Okay, Mr. So, Fancy Pants. 
Hey, I, well, and- you know what? My <laughs> co- my podcast is all about conversation, though. That's true. That's it. And so I just wanted to to go just like a normal conversation. We'll pop into other crazy shit. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I just didn't. Uh, and when I what I found was when I had a uh, an outline, I would focus on trying to get us back on track, and that was just worthless. That's true. Yeah. I well, mean, you the, do. The good news for today is that I'm a. I just got back from a three and a half hour drive from Yakima, and so the outline that I normally have, Brandon, uh, it's pretty much not there today. It's pretty much just like, okay, what's our topics? Okay, we're gonna go with that. Sounds good. Let's well, let's talk for twenty five minutes then. It's Dave DeFore inspired outline is what it is. There you go. What were you doing in Yakima? Uh, I work for a mobile canning company, canning like beer and cider and wine and stuff. And so we had a kind of a four day work vacation going up there to Yakima to see like hop farms, pellet mills. And we actually spent a day in a uh, a giant weed farm because we're doing terpene injections into beers and stuff now. So there's a lot of fun, uh, a lot of interesting sights up in Yakima for a That's couple awesome. days. That's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> I like I, that. I had a good time. Uh, the, the the worst part was uh, all the all the free food and having to walk between places. So it was it was oh, a little torture. That seems terrible. Yeah, <laughs> that sucks. That's horrific. What a waste. Anyway, so as for today though, um, uh, Dave, on our show we've kind of been opening a lot of the episodes recently with like a uh, Jimmy Butler update. Cause we for a while we were joking about whether he could come here. Obviously, that's less of a thing at this point. So don't need to, like sugarcoat. Oh, maybe he's coming to Portland. But let's just start with uh, the latest Butler. I never sugarcoat anything to the portland audience i think i'm getting that (laughs) and and that's what we want uh and the next one i want to talk about uh how curry will not be suspended for doing pretty much the same thing cj did like a year ago yeah walking on the court thing well Uh, do you know why though why why they're making the difference Hmm? uh they it wasn't viewed as an altercation is that what what it came down to right I mean, Lance didn't he like pretty much take a giant swing, like took a an arm no. flail back, not a punch, no. but save it for the podcast, fellas. Yeah, there we go. We'll yeah. get that. Uh, we'll we'll argue. We'll we'll exactly, talk about yes. the Blazers over under that you did on your pod. Uh, you mentioned it feeling dead on, and we can all argue about that. Uh, then I mean, I, I did? guess just you you said forty one point five felt dead on. Oh, I think it was. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, right. I was like, I just don't know how they're going to win that half a game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fairly <laughs> difficult to go halfway through. Although I feel like this team might be able to pull it off. Uh, yeah. After October, <laughs> octuple overtime, Adam Silver comes in and says, "Call it. That's it." Yeah, yeah. Other than that, just you know what, where we can squeeze a couple games out of on our bench, and maybe talk about Nurkic, and that's probably about it on the Portland end of it. Uh, yeah. And like Shit, you said, if that over under podcast was the last one I've put out. Yeah, there dude. We go. Yeah. <laughs> I went back and reference. Actually, well, that's smart. Up, is there Smart. anything else you want uh, as far as like kind of an intro for you? I've got the podcast name, obviously, and then are you, you're doing the sports you business don't classroom? You do the sports business classroom because we, we don't okay. start like uh, even like trying to get people hyped about it until like January, February. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so just and, and, and yeah, my podcast is it for now. Cool. Cool. Uh-huh. We can leave it at that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you what, but something's in the works. Oh, oh well, we need to tease that. He's buying out the Trailcasters. That's it. Pack it up. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's what it is. Why I'm joining the Trailcasters says it's going to be my. <laughs> you will get several hundred more listeners. It'll it'll really make a huge difference. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know really what, man? I, I've ex- I've tried to explain to people. A, my podcast isn't nearly as big as people think. For some reason, I don't know why anybody thinks anybody's <laughs> podcast is big, right? Because every podcast you think is big is getting a lot less listeners than you think. Um, mine, chief among them, right? Like I'm at like 1,500 an episode. Yeah. But I remember when I was at, you know, 250, and it was such a big deal to get 300, which is yeah. why I always say yes. Yeah, you know, it's true. It's true. I mean, it's. I mean, we started, and as you did too. I mean, we started at zero, so to have any number that's above zero is pretty cool. Like, yeah, you know, yeah it's, it's pretty it's awesome. Yeah, but this, but this is why I always say yes to people because I remember when I was asking people to be on my podcast, and they they said yes. Yeah. Now, plenty of people just didn't respond, but there were a lot of yeses, and so you know, I, I try to keep doing that. So my hope is that whatever's coming down the pipe here shortly, whatever it is whatever it is, <clears throat> that other people will say yes. That, no, well, that I will continue to be able to say yes. Oh, that's fair. Although I told somebody no today. So. <laughs> God. Well, you have to, I mean, you can't, well, you don't have no, this was amount of time. I mean, you this, only... was, this was somebody wanted me to do a Spurs podcast with them, like be the co-host. And I was like, oh, um, no, that's, that's no good. Nah, yeah. I'm too busy. Yeah. <laughs> At least Definitely with, too busy. 
that. With us, it's only a, a 15 episode commitment, and this is episode one, so thanks. No, yeah. <laughs> 15 episode contract? Yeah, exactly. I'm just waiting on the, I, I need to give half up front. Yeah. Okay. Half of the the negative money that we take. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys on a expense or what? No, we're we're completely independent. We have a Smart. couple local sponsors, but it doesn't quite cover the that, cost. But it's okay. But it's good. That's the way to do it, man. Yeah. No, it's neat. Full editorial control. Well, we're I mean, I, I do too. Yeah. We what were was looking at like fan side and all that for a little while, kind of Rip City project and associate with them, but it didn't really seem to have the benefits we hoped. You for. do not want no. someone else to own your shit. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is it's better this way. All right, let's let's get rolling, and we'll get you in and out in a clean twenty five, even though we're twenty over. So I guess we have five minutes. <laughs> yeah, five minutes to talk. There we I'll go. I'll tell you what: you give me five minutes uninterrupted, I can get a lot out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, I am I am recording as soon as everyone um, else is ready. Oh wait, do you want here? I'll start this over so you don't have nine. Oh, it's minutes good. It's actually, you know what? Just keep keep it rolling. I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna maybe include some of this in there anyway. Well, I stopped. I stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I restarted it right away, so you're good. That's fine. Well, I only just uh, now joined up, so it's okay. it's all you in the beginning, Brandon. Just you guys talking. <laughs> no, it's actually I kind of like the thing we did the last time, where it's like Keith, your voice was the Skype recording oh, okay. until okay. you started recording, and that sort of signaled the beginning. Like I kind of like doing that. So anyway, we'll, all right, cool. I'm with that. I'll, I'll fuck with it. Oh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this color right, off cool. my dog so she doesn't come in here and interrupt us. Again. This is the downside of a. Uh, you were mentioning you're putting your office together, Dave. My office has turned into our storage closet, and so I need to kind of reclaim that. And eventually, right now I'm podcasting in the kitchen, so uh, acoustics maybe not ideal. But no, you sound great. You sound good. All right. Hey, here's the one. Here's the one amazing thing about microphones is that if your acoustics suck, if you just get right up on the microphone, eat the it, mic. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it sure does. I go. I just go. <laughs> the voice of God mode. <laughs> All right, cool. You guys ready? Yes, sir. Yes. He is the host of the podcast on the NBA with Dave Dufour on the Almighty Baller Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Dave Dufour. How are you, sir? I am great. You realize it would be really weird if I hosted on the NBA with Dave Dufour and I wasn't Dave Dufour. You guys ever? Like, <laughs> yeah. I throw that in there because that way people can just look up my name when they're looking for the podcast. Right, this is like some clever branding on my part. Oh, marketing! Yeah, I really should just change it to the Dave Dufour show, right? Like there you go, <laughs> like Johnny Carson. And then I also could, I could talk, like right now up on my my browser here, uh, I'm looking at uh, Outside Magazine talking about this origami camping pot. <laughs> okay, right. So what's That's what the, I'm saying. I, what, something I really want to talk about. What the hell is an origami <laughs> camping pot? What it's is a it? light. It's a lightweight camping pot. So like you would boil water in or whatever. Okay, nice. It folds up. I don't know why, but I feel like I need one of those immediately. It yeah. It's from a company called Bare Minimum, spelled like bear that would maul you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's six and a half ounces. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking this up now too, and that is pretty impressive. Let's spend a good so, solid 10 minutes on this. Well, so they've got three sizes, the mama bear, the papa bear, and the baby bear. Wow. It's, it's pretty good. Shout out yeah. to the origami camping pot, also known as the bear bowl, is what it says. That's it. And if you'd like to sponsor the Trailcasters, <laughs> you absolutely can. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> Speaking of paper, let's go with that segue. Speaking of paper, Jimmy Butler's contract, not really worth the paper it's uh, printed on at this point, I feel like, or, or some sort of other analogy of similar sort. Uh, Dave, we've been opening up each of our episodes recently with some uh, Butler updates or Butler non-updates since there really hasn't been much to talk about. Have you heard any new news on Butler in the latest? It sounds like he's going to be opening uh, the, t- uh, the season with him after all. Yeah, he's going to play. I, my expectation is that he's going to be with them until at least December 15th when some of these new signings can be can be traded. Mm. And uh, I'm going to dispute your, your statement about it not being worth the, the papers printed on. To, to my knowledge, <laughs> it's worth about $19.8 million. So, you know, he's got a lot of reasons to show up and, and to play as nice as he can. Um, you know, because he, he wants to get paid. And, and so being a no-show, this is this is why these guys, despite having differences and asking for trades, they still show up to the practices unless they're excused like he was for a while. And he's still going to show up to games because the the last thing you want to do is run into a scenario where you're not getting that money and where the team can actually say, uh, hang on, now you're doing, you, you, this is conduct detrimental to the team and then you run into all these other penalties. 
So I wanted to ask, and I think that this happened, Keith, since we last recorded that infamous practice, right, where Jimmy Butler right. shows up to practice, he chews out the players, he goes against Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, he's yelling at the GM saying that, you know, you need me, and then he gives an interview to Rachel Nichols afterwards. So Dave, I wanted to ask right. you <laughs> about something, because to me, this seems like as much as this may be, you know, Jimmy Butler could be handling this differently, differently. I really put a lot of the blame on Tibbs, who's allowing this guy to come into practice to berate their franchise player who they just gave a bunch of money to. I mean, they're paying like like more than a quarter of a billion dollars to two players who just got bitched out by this dude. Like, do you think that Tibbs allowing Jimmy Butler to come in to behave this way? Is this something that he should get fired over? And I just want to say that I think it absolutely is. I just want to get your take on this. Um, I I don't know. I might have a different take than than you. Uh, my no, you have to coach. agree with me. What the fuck? <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> There's on only green on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my background is coaching, right? Um, I like having a guy in practice who who's kind of that guy who's got an edge on him. Now this seemed like it it might have been really bad, uh, but honestly, like, have Carl Anthony Towns or Andrew Wiggins ever done anything to your mind to show you? that Jimmy Butler was saying anything that was wrong. Like, right, was exactly. he wrong about what he was saying? Don't they play like they don't have any heart? Doesn't Carl Anthony Towns play like he only cares about stats? So are you it, thinking he's not wrong? Are you thinking that maybe Tibbs is letting Butler come in and is okay with this going on because maybe it's an antagonizer to agitate these other guys up there a little bit? I mean, he knew who Jimmy Butler was when he brought him in. I think that that was the purpose when he traded for Jimmy Butler. Hey, Jimmy, I've got these two guys who are talented. Like Carl Anthony Towns is a very talented basketball player. Andrew Wiggins has a lot of athleticism and, and let's say untapped basketball talent that it, it's just not happening yet. I think that the the hope was they were going to have a big three and Jimmy Butler was going to be like the fuel that lit a fire under these guys' asses and it didn't work. Well, here's right. here's here's my concern with all of this is the erosion of trust, and not just from one party, but from multiple parties. Yeah, Jimmy Butler talking about, you know, during again his interview with Rachel Nichols. Oh, just you have to be honest. I've been honest with you. They haven't been honest with me. Some erosion of trust there about how they were going to approach his contract extension, and then you look at Carl Anthony Towns signing his contract only after all those rumors about Jimmy Butler came out ostensibly because he thought that Jimmy Butler was getting traded. Now he's back in training camp. He's back with the team. An erosion of trust now with your franchise player so to me I mean I think the big problem here is that even though they have again two players locked for a number of years and for a lot of money I mean can those players trust their front office now and can other players they might want to attract trust that front office now and again I think the answer is no so to me this just seems like a huge shit show whether or not Jimmy Butler's right or wrong I don't even think that's part of it because I agree that I mean I don't think he said anything that was a lie I just don't think that this is being approached the right way okay who's running the front office Great question. I mean, it could be Glenn Taylor. It could be <laughs> See, this is the issue. Yeah, yeah. So, Problem number one. So, yeah, Tom, he, Tom Thibodeau was hired to do a job. And by the way, I think he's actually been a better GM than a coach since he's gotten there. If you if you look at the ah, track record, he's done a better job as a GM than he has as a coach. Uh, I mean, there, there was a mandate to make the playoffs, and guess what? They did it. They were going to be the three seed until Jimmy Butler got hurt. Now, you can argue they've, they're maybe they were a little handcuffed and they depended too much on Jimmy Butler and that's kind of why they had that big drop off but the truth is Andrew Wiggins like Andrew Wiggins was signed to that contract by the owner not by Tom Thibodeau I don't think Tom Thibodeau wanted to give him that deal Andrew Wiggins hadn't really proven himself to be that that type of player yeah. and I think Carl Anthony Towns is a similar situation I think Glenn Taylor. No, it's a no-brainer that you give him the max deal, right? I guess, um, unless, <laughs> unless you're a guy that values defense and understands that center <laughs> defense is is vital to winning in the NBA. You cannot have a black hole unless your offense is so incredible that it's going to make up for it, and theirs isn't. Uh, although their offense with Jimmy Butler was like a top seven offense, so so Jimmy Butler is the best player on that team. In his prime, okay, now that prime might not last a lot longer, so I can definitely understand the trepidation about signing him to a five-year max because it really is going to handcuff somebody on the back end. But these type of, like the way the NBA works is you pay those last two years of the max for the first three years of the max. Right. Like it's, mm. it's the tax of doing business with great players. And, and so I think Glenn Taylor has sort of neutered 
Tom Thibodeau's power around the league. So he can't really get any business done. And, and here's my, I got a question for you. You said, should, should Tibbs be fired? What about this situation leads you to believe that Tibbs wasn't going to be fired anyway? <laughs> if, you know, he's literally got nothing to lose, right? I mean, he, he might as well yell Geronimo and jump off a cliff because, I mean, that's basically where he's at. And so yeah. I think bringing Jimmy Butler to practice was his Geronimo moment. I, I think that that was his way of saying, well, maybe we light a fire under everybody. Maybe they, you know, maybe they have a fist fight in practice and that's the turning point. Well, here's and, and everybody figures it out. It would certainly make things easier if suddenly then one of them wasn't welcome around the team. <laughs> go, go ahead, Brennan. Well, I was just thinking maybe that that's a bonding experience, right? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. man, but like, I like I've pun- I punched my best friend in the face in a pickup game when I was like 13 because <laughs> I felt like he wasn't playing hard enough defense. So, um, and and you know we we're still are best friends. So, you know, maybe I look at the Boy, world differently. You well, and I, Jimmy, birds of a feather, huh? <laughs> maybe. I maybe. think part of this that I I mean. So there are, there are exactly 30 GM jobs in the NBA, right? No more, no less. And for Tibbs, the thing that's odd to me, if you're a general manager, you have to be you have to be copacetic with your owner. We know that, right? Like and if you're not, then you're not going to last long. To me, if I'm Tibbs, like I get what you're saying about like as far as his his future in Minnesota is concerned, wouldn't this affect his ability to get a job somewhere else? Wouldn't someone look at this and be like, whoa, your owner clearly wanted to do one thing. You're you're clearly and publicly doing something completely different. I mean, I would think that might hurt his job chances in the future, don't you? Getting a job as a GM? Yeah. I that's think what that, he wanted to do. Uh, well, so I'm I'm pretty sure that that is not going to happen again. Right? Like that those opportunities, first of all, they're going away. Right? He got hired. He was like the one of the I think he was the last one to get hired as the coach GM. And uh it, it has not gone well. I, I think I just think that this is we're too smart to think guys can wear both hats. You just cannot right. effectively do it. Because if you're the coach and the GM, you're always gonna do what helps the like the day to day. You're not gonna think as long term. Again, the Jimmy Butler trade was a short-term thought. Now, with that being said, that was ownership mandate to, to get to the playoffs. But the truth is, they could have used that number seven pick a lot more, like if you're looking at the future, it makes right. a lot more sense to get a younger guy who's going to be there. You're going to have him on a rookie contract when you've got to give uh, Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns their extensions. So you still have this guy who, you know, a top 10 pick is, is a pretty good player. I mean, it became Lowry Markkinen. You think Markkinen would look nice next to Carl Anthony Towns? I think they'd have, yeah. (laughs) I think they'd have a pretty damn good offense. So, um, you know, and not that they would necessarily draft him, but just to just kind of prove a point. So, I I think that that sort of short term thinking is usually a negative thing anyway. Now, if they had a team, if you're like the four seed or three seed every year, right? That's when you swing for the fences and you bring in a Jimmy Butler. And I'm not knocking the move because it was successful. But as the as a, a coach GM, you're always going to look for that. How do I make a big impact today? Not who like what can I do to ensure we're going to be a winning team for the next six years. So that's I, I think that that's just going away anyway. So I don't believe yeah. that he's doing anything thinking about his next GM job, coaching job maybe. But he's also sixty years old. Well, I wouldn't how much right, longer how much can longer? that guy yell ice on the sideline? You know. I mean, <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't think this makes him look good for a coaching job either. I guess that was my point. Like, this doesn't make him look good for any job moving forward. Again, if like if owners are looking at him and saying, "Whoa, like he's going to come in and like not listen to me," I don't think so. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I think it's not smart. All right, let me zip this around here. I want to uh, talk about a different bad look, actually. Uh, maybe a little more kind of not quite Blazer-centric, but somewhat related. You taking uh, a dig we, at me? Is that a dig at my looks? Wow. <laughs> Amazing. We, I, I have to dig at your looks, man. You're improving your looks so much. I'm falling behind. I feel like all I can really do is try and tear you down a little bit I here. still can't grow a beard, and look at both of you showing off your beards. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Thank you God for bringing it. that on. I feel like, Dave, we actually almost have like identical beards if I just kind of get a little bit longer, a little bit more in here. We'll yeah, get back get, to that. You got get to a, get a stronger jawline, you know? Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Steph Curry just heard today. Curry will not be suspended for walking onto the court after the altercation or not altercation that Lance Stevenson swinging the arm on the rest. The reason that I want to talk about this for a second is because a year ago we saw CJ McCollum suspended on opening on our opening night game after Caleb Swanigan and Alex Len on Phoenix Suns got into it in the uh, preseason as well. All CJ did was walk onto the court. 
similar to what Curry did, but uh, Dave, like you pointed out earlier uh, when we were talking about this, the big difference that the NBA is citing here is that they're not calling what Lance Stevenson did, swinging the arm. It's not an altercation the same way that it was between Swanigan and Alex Len last year for the Blazers. I don't know right. if I. I don't know if I fully. It just seems like even if that is the line they're going to draw, is this really a good look for the NBA where it seems like they're kind of treating Curry like the darling, kind of giving him different rules to play by than other teams are? I would make the argument that the NBA probably wishes that it hadn't suspended McCollum, Ah, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. So I, I think that they realized that they made a mistake, but the letter of the law didn't allow for interpretation. Right. And I think in the intervening time, they've decided that, Hey, you know what? We we can look and say, well, clearly he wasn't like. I think the, the, the problem is they need to, to fix the rules so it's like, if you step onto the court, it's not that big of a deal. Like you know, if you exactly. go out and you get involved, okay, then we got a big problem. Uh, because here's the other thing, man. I actually think that a lot of times, if you look back at the old fights, it was the guys coming off the bench that always helped break them up. Right. They yeah. were the ones keeping people from from actually physically assaulting each other. And I think that the league should should actually want that, right? Like we don't want to. I don't want to see, uh, you know, Lance Stevenson break, uh, you know, Kevin Durant's nose, <laughs> right? I don't want that. So you know, if LeBron's on the bench and LeBron is able to grab Lance and keep him doing that, that's just a good about, thing. Just right. about like size in relation to these guys too. Like, yeah. what is a ref or coach going to do? How much can they really do to hold back hey, a, a seven exactly. foot center? De- Devil's advocate. I mean, Rudy Tomjanovich got his face rearranged because he was trying <laughs> to break up a fight, right? And so, I mean, I think part of this deep cut going back. I know, I know. Yeah, uh, but I think part of this, the NBA, I I can kind of understand why they wouldn't want players coming off the bench. Now, Dave, I agree with you. It should be looked at with a with a closer lens as to what. What are they doing off of the bench? Are they going right. to try to get involved or, or break it up? And I agree. Like This is something we talked about actually last episode about rules and how there's so much subjectivity and interpretation with, with, with every rule. What they really ought to be doing is sharpening those rules to if they want a certain outcome that the rule actually just says what they want rather than leaving it up to interpretation. So I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Like I didn't see the video of Steph Curry getting off the bench, but... Um, so my ignorant take on this is that the NBA just wants the Warriors to win. So I'm not even going to look at it. Just going to say that's my take. <laughs> well, I mean, and rightfully so. They are the most entertaining team in the league and uh, play the best basketball possibly ever outside of the 2014 <laughs> Spurs. Um, and, you know, and let's let's be honest. I mean, Portland's not winning anything, so who cares? They should suspend <laughs> CJ. They should suspend CJ because Steph got off the bench. That, that's really weird. <laughs> We'll, we'll is that where this should move to? <laughs> well, wait. I actually want. Speaking of CJ McCollum, Dave, you and I were talking before the episode about CJ's podcast, The Pull Up, which is something that Keith and I listen to on the regular. You had a you had a take on not just that podcast, but player podcasts in general. I just want you to repeat what that take was, please, well, for, the, I, for the listeners. For, for the record, I've never listened to that podcast. I haven't. Okay, That's so I don't know if it's I don't know if it's any good or not. Um, but I think that for the most part, players shouldn't have podcasts. Um, I think that it, it, it's a lot, first of all, it's a lot of pressure, right? Like you already have your own day job that you've got to work a lot at. Um, so by the way, so like if CJ McCollum happens to hear this, Hey, I'm not taking a shot at CJ McCollum. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There are so many podcasts. By the way, he listens to our show all the time. I might, (laughs) you never know. A lot of these guys pay attention to a lot of these guys pay attention to everything. But That's so true. again, I haven't listened to his podcast, so I don't know if it's good or not. But I've listened to um there's a couple other players that have podcasts, right? JJ Reddick yeah. is one of them. Okay, well, we're not mentioning any names, but I don't okay. love them. Let's just put it out. <laughs> and the truth is, I think there's this thing where people feel like, man, I got to be involved in this. I got to be involved in this thing. I got to, you know, I got to get a, a foothold in this. I got to I got to try this thing. Um, I just think that that's not well, correct. Well, what about what about okay? What about this? The argument that having an active because we're not talking about retired players, we're talking about active players, right? Right. Active players have a perspective on the NBA that nobody else does. I mean, do you think that? that oh, I agree. Do you think that because of that, that there is maybe any 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 added utility in them having a podcast? Then, just because of that perspective, I I just think you there's a saturation point. Yes. You know, you know what you I go. actually really love is when guys like CJ or guys like Jared Dudley, um, like when they would go on a people's podcast. I love that. 
right? Like J.J. Redick when he goes on on uh, Zach Lowe or something like that, it, or Jared Dudley, right? That's really great because you that's when like you get that perspective from inside the league. But I think that what what winds up happening, I mean, we just saw it with CJ and KD, right? Right. You're gonna get these kind of situations, and I just don't care about that drama. Right, I just where, where don't they say care something where like yeah. where Katie says something and it sets off like all the media frenzy for the next several right. weeks and then exactly about what he said on the podcast. Yeah, because what happens is you know like among your peers there there develops a certain comfort uh, like comfortability and uh, sense of security, and so you'll say some shit that maybe you don't want coming out. Right, I mean, right. like for instance, uh, like what what did Katie say on the podcast? He said a lot he, of things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't think of the one thing. Anyway, he said. I mean, then, he, he basically said what you said earlier. The Blazers are not going to be able to compete. So who cares? Right. He sort of said okay. that, among other things. Yeah. And and by the way, I actually think that the Blazers won't be able to compete. But <laughs> no, I mean they won't. That. Like it's they obviously fine. won't. I mean, I, I yeah. think if either one of us were to say that they were, that we would be lying. Right. So I just I don't know, man. I don't need the drama. And, and again, these are grown men. They can do whatever they want. Um, I, as a consumer, I'm just, I'm not going to listen because I, I think, I think the times where, uh, gets a really interesting perspective is, uh, I know we said we weren't going to mention names, but just as an example, as, as a totally positive example, the one that Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry had, this was a behind the scenes kind of basketball podcast from a a veteran who was mostly not playing minutes. Richard Jefferson was doing Mm -hmm. a lot of bench time at the time. And Channing Fry was kind of a, uh, utility role player, not getting regular minutes as far as I remember. Um, but that pod from those guys, you get a lot of stuff about basketball culture, a lot of kind of behind-the-scenes stuff from their flights. And on one hand, like you're saying, Dave, it, it definitely had maybe some points where they were a little too comfortable, you know, saying some things that could get them in trouble if it was a different situation. But at the same time, I think in this social media age, that kind of perspective, that kind of like digging under the skin and behind-the-scenes kind of feel is what fans are really looking for. And so there is that kind of, I guess, the balance, or kind of like you said, the saturation factor is the real point here. you got to find that balance of get the right guys doing pods who have something to say try to keep them maybe on topics that they know something about and i I think even cj actually was saying this on one of his his pods the other day that he speaks on a lot of topics that he feels versed in but it doesn't mean that he's an expert necessarily and and by the way i i do i do like the idea of cj mccollum hosting a podcast that doesn't talk about basketball yeah i think that now that is a fascinating thing right now like if if that's the direction they want to go, that's great. I like that. But I just think the basketball part, I just would just leave it out. To be fair, they do talk a lot about meditation and a lot about wine. And a lot about wine. There that's you go. That's like okay. a third of their <laughs> podcast anyway. All yeah. right. Well, then maybe I need to talk to my guy, Jordan Schultz, about coming on and talking talking Tempranillo with CJ McCollum. There because, we go. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, yeah, but think about the saturation point, the media saturation point. Did you watch the Paul George documentary? Yes. No, I didn't. Okay. Okay. Keep that. All right. No, I didn't either. Did you watch the Gordon <laughs> Hayward documentary? No, no I did not watch me either. Okay. Okay. Right. I see. But, yeah. But again, right? Like, I, I don't. I mean. But I mean, it, those two what, things. So the Paul George doing? one is, you know, it's a marketing campaign to like, oh, like look at this decision. Gordon Hayward, a marketing campaign, but look how resilient he is, and like, so all of these are pretty naked attempts to try to drum up support uh, for their player, right? For for all yep. sorts of reasons. Like, I don't know. Like, I think I, I will say this one last thing on the CJ thing, Keith. I'll let you take us to the next topic. CJ McCollum was a a, a journalism student. Uh, mm-hmm. at his college, right? He obviously has an interest in in this outside of his career, so I feel like... Oh, I think he's going to be really good in the media when he's done. Yeah, and and the reason why I'm saying that is, like, still, of course, it's self-interested. I'm not saying it's not, but I do think there there's something a little deeper where this is something he actually does care about. You're changing and- my mind on this. I want you to know this. <laughs> good, that's exactly... Again, I, I, I do, the thing is, I do like CJ, right? I think that he presents himself very well. In every capacity, um, like I even love, I'm trying Jennifer. Like that, it's such a human <laughs> thing, right? Like that, I, I, I can understand that, right? I felt that way before, right? So I'm not knocking him and what he's doing. I just don't like. I would love if his podcast was all wine and uh, current events and you know meditation. Oh, that's awesome! I, I'd subscribe <laughs> right now. 
Well, like you said, Brandon, maybe right now, CJ having the interest in journalism that he does, this is him cutting his teeth. This is him kind of getting his uh, feet wet in an area he's familiar with. And down the line, maybe we see the next show that he has where it's just culture, just uh, just wine talk. Wine just talk drunk, with CJ and Drunk Jordan. meditation. That's all we need. <laughs> there you <know>. go. <laughs> hey, listen, if you're going to meditate, like, how can you do it sober? I know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, okay. I want to move this along, though. Uh, instead of talking about what show he's doing next, Dave, I want to talk about your last show. You guys just did the over-under. Just did two months ago. <laughs> two months ago, okay. It was the over-under for, uh, for all, th- throughout the season. You gave the Blazers a, uh, you said, feels dead on, I think is what the quote was, for the 41.5 over-under line that Vegas had set Portland at. Uh, I wanted to give you shit about how can 41.5 be dead on and how can we win half a game, but you already covered that that in the pre-talk so thanks a lot for ruining my punchline on that one uh but so I, as far as uh if if blazer fans are just gonna, gonna say fuck it i'm not i'm not showing <laughs> yeah. up just be the the one like we were saying earlier the uh the uber overtime game where uh silver just has to kind of come in and be like no go home everyone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go back to your families get rest good night uh so if blazer fans though are looking to squeeze a few more games out to get to get to that 42 let's say uh what do you think is a bigger factor this year do you think we're gonna have like let's say zach collins really explode is nurk gonna be really uh filling the responsibility and bigger role that he has what, what would be one x factor that you would uh you notice for the blazers it, if, this is if they outperform my expectations uh yes, it would definitely correct. be nurk <laughs> yeah it would definitely be nurk um you know i i just the expectation that Zach Collins is going to contribute um, to to like winning basketball, I still think it's early for him. Like he's he's probably like two years away from being that sort of player, just because he. I mean, he came in so early and really just hasn't done much. Uh, but Nurk is is sort of that's the linchpin for this team. All right, we know what we're going to get out of Damon CJ. Uh, what are we going to get out of Nurk? And then to a lesser degree, Aminu and Harkless if he's going to be healthy. Um, I, I do. I think Nurk's defense, his rim protection, is so important for them. What he did when he came over in the trade, when he, finishing that season the way they finished it defensively was so important. Didn't quite get there last year. Um, what did he have, does he have a health situation going on? Something? Nurk, did he have a surgery? Nurk, I, don't, I don't believe yeah, so. He no? was, it was about losing good. weight, I think. Okay, did he lose weight? He so basically like when he came into the Blazers from Denver he was fat. Then that summer and he got in shape. Then he then right. he got super skinny, but then he was like too skinny. Okay. Um now I feel like That's he yeah, he's like a good balance of like he's bigger but his cardio's in good shape. I feel like this is the best shape he's been in since he's been here for sure. Yeah. Um so you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh I, I think Nurk is important. I I also like the I mean, I think Seth Curry is going to be huge for them. Um yeah, I, I, as long as he's healthy, again, well, another guy coming back from injury. That's actually a good, I wanted to ask about that. Seth Curry, they also brought in Nick Stauskas, and Jake Lehman might be playing a bigger role because they, they, they lost Pat Connaughton, Shabazz Napier, and Anthony Simons is like, you know, 10 years old. But, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm, re- I'm really high on Anthony Simons. Okay, oh, really? what, what, do you, what do you like about him when you're watching him play? What are you, what are you thinking about he's him? A, he's a basketball player. Right, he's yeah. got great feel for the game. He's lightning fast. I mean, he's really fast, and I think his shot is good, like really good. I mean, he obviously is super young. He's going to need to fill out some, but man, what a fantastic like quick twitch athlete! I mean, the guy is a, he's going to be a. I think he's going to be a pretty good player um, as long as they do a good job of developing, which I have no no reason to think that they won't. Uh, you know, the other guy that I think is going to be important for this team, and I don't know what that means. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think Myers Leonard, <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. Ooh, see, this Myers is good. Leonard, this is good. If Myers Leonard can can actually do the things that they really thought he was going to be able to do last year, if he can do them this year, man, he looks. He's like in the best shape of his life. His jumper is great. Now you got to be able to put it out there on the court. I mean, if he could give him fifteen to eighteen solid minutes a night as the backup five, that'd be great. Take the pressure off Zach Collins, who isn't ready for that yet and just really give this team uh, like some depth at that and then we need to see Aminu more at the center Nurk has been a knock I'm sorry not Nurk, uh, Myers has been a knockdown shooter in the preseason I, I don't remember exactly what the stats were for but he was I, he had I mean I think he was shooting like maybe 70 something from the field for a while at least through the first three or four games uh 
You're saying you think Myers is, would be in line for maybe like 15 or so at the backup center. Are you putting I, if him? If he's playing well, right? If he's playing well, yeah, yeah. And this is ideal situation we're talking about for sure because we're just trying to squeeze that 0.5 extra half game to get to 42 here. <laughs> That's uh, right. But uh, do you think Myers or Collins getting more minutes as a, as the kind of the first big man coming in? What do you think? I, I bet it's going to wind up being Collins because I think his defense is a little bit better. He's a little bit better protecting the rim, blocking shots. But I also, man, I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing Collins out there with Leonard. Oh, right? we've okay. seen it. We've seen it before. I wonder if we won't see it again. Um, Collins didn't really, hasn't really looked like he's filled out very much. So I don't know how much they want to actually play him at the five. Not that anybody's banging, but we actually, you know, we'll see. Uh, I know Stotts just had uh, the, the, the post-media interview after the last preseason game, and he had some comments about how he didn't start a menu that game. He let Nurk and Collins play together, and so that's kind of one of those things where they're talking about, is, could that be a lineup that we see more of? And maybe oh, that probably. Kind of to, maybe that's more Zach playing the stretch four role in that case? Probably. That, that, I mean, my expectation is that's what they want out of him. They re-signed Nurk to get big minutes at center, um, and despite the fact that I, that I think Zach Collins is ultimately a center, um, he's going to wind up being a stretch four in Portland. So in the West, I mean, you have this giant bubble of teams who are good to pretty good. Um, you know, there are only <laughs> only eight spots to get into the playoffs and probably nine, ten teams that are that are close to that level. Dave, if you had to pick, would you say that the Blazers are going to be bound for the playoffs or the lottery this year if you had to if you had to pick? Well, Boy, listen to that slow tone you're bringing in there, Brandon. You're just setting this up for, for disappointment. Let us down easy. I think he's going into this knowing how I feel. Uh, <laughs> all right. Here's, here's where I'm at. Uh, the Spurs have had some terrible injury luck already. And... Not knowing what they're going to do to to kind of replace the the Dejounte Murray, Derek White, yeah. uh, in the rotation, uh, which is funny because you, you know you don't think of either one of those guys as being like this great player. I mean, Dejounte is a great defender. I mean, w- really, like possibly the best point guard defender in the league. Um, but he's so important what they do for their team defense. And then Derek White is a lot better than people know. Because he, you know, he's like a, a bench player for the Spurs, but man, he's really good. Um, so I, they're going to miss them, and I don't know how they're going to replace him. So I, I'm worried now that the Spurs might fall out of the playoffs. We'll see. And they've got Lamarcus and they've got Demar Derozan. You can get a lot done with just those two guys. Uh, can you build a solid defense around him? I mean, Lamarcus was so good last year, and in large part because of Dejounte Murray's defense. So uh, before these injuries. I really thought the Blazers were going to miss the playoffs. Um, now you've got a couple of developments. Jimmy Butler might get traded, and that will take the Wolves out of the playoffs, and then the Spurs have these injuries. So I think they wind up making the playoffs. I think they're probably somewhere in that 6-8 to eight range. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm still not convinced that, that the Lakers are going to be in the playoffs. I, yes. I think that they're oh, also in that 6 really? I think they're in that – well, if you look at their roster as it is today – Everyone makes the assumption they're going to make some trades. Well, they haven't made any trades yet. So I, all well, I can do is look at the fact that they're going to count on 25 minutes a night from JaVale McGee. Yes. And he's not a good defender. <laughs> they haven't uh, made trades. They don't have shooters. They're they're gonna this play, team is not Rondo, ready. Rondo's going to play too much. And Rondo, is, I mean, listen, Rondo was okay last year, but Rondo is not the defender people think he is. Is LeBron going to take nights off and coast on defense? Um and are Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Lonzo Ball, by the way, really good defender, but he's a negative on offense. Is Brandon Ingram <laughs> going to actually be good? I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen anything to make me suggest that he would. He's going to get easier buckets because of LeBron. And their best wing defender is probably coming off the bench in Josh Hart, right? And not to mention best three point shooter they've got on the, on the squad. So um, you know, it, it's a weird thing. And, and then they're going to be counting on Mo Wagner for backup center minutes. It, it's, they don't have a very good team right now, but LeBron gets you to say, well, they might be six to eight. Well, that's what I, I mean, that's what I was going to say. It's like, <clears throat> I know that LeBron is now in the West, but he took a sack of potatoes to the finals last year. Straight in up. In the so East like, though. He took but, him in the East. The but Western we're not, but we're not talking about the finals. We're talking about playoffs. Playoffs? Talk about playoffs? No, but like, you, gotta, no, seriously, well, you, like, gotta, you gotta make the playoffs though. No, I know. I'm, I'm just saying I remember, like, I think, it, remember, I think LeBron... That was in question. That was in question in the East before they flipped their entire roster. 
Yeah, and so, the worst defense in the league. They had our 29th ranked defense in the league. But they had LeBron sulking ostensibly because he couldn't stand working with the Cavs owner anymore. And I, I you know, you can't really blame him for that. I feel like that, I feel like it. it's a little, I mean, we're talking about how you have to be copacetic between the GM and the, and the owner. I do feel like magic and LeBron are on a level right now. And the buses sure. that I feel like that they're, he's feeling more comfortable in Cleveland. But all right. How, how long is LeBron going to be? pumped to play with these young guys yes when he when he hits lonzo ball in the corner and he breaks it off the side of the backboard six times in a row like (laughs) there's a certain point like listen if if the rumors are true or if the stories that people have made up in their head about lebron are true and that he's totally content (laughs) watching this team develop and being a part of it and, and you know kind of being a veteran presence and all this other stuff and he's just ready to kind of hang in hollywood um what about that makes you think that he's going to carry him to like a top right. four seed? That doesn't and, sound and, like a, a pumped LeBron, like some not right. someone who's putting his career and if he minutes is a, in court. If he is a pumped LeBron, they, I think they would have traded Brandon Ingram or, or you know for Kawhi, right? Like they they would have they would have been pulling the trigger on some stuff. So um, I, I just think that teams three, well, let's say teams four through ten are so close in the West. That it's just going to be a hard road for anybody in that in that bunch. Although I, I'm I'm almost at the point where I'm saying five through ten because I think Denver is going to be super good this year. Denver is looking good this year as well. Yeah, it does give me a little worry about the at least even our division with Utah and Denver all coming up. I'm kind of happy the way I think you, or the way Utah's the second best team in the West. Second, you're yeah. second best Houston? team. Yeah, yeah, because their defense is so elite, um, and that matters. Um, and I think for for Houston to lose. Ariza and Mbamute. It's it's a really huge loss. This is regular season, by the way. Right. I think in the playoffs, the Rockets are built to actually beat a team like Utah because of how they they're constructed and how their offense works. Right. But they're not very deep. I just I, I know that we're kind of running out of time, but really quick on Houston. I don't think Keith. I don't think you and I have talked about this much. Dave, how do you feel like Carmelo is going to fit into that team? I mean, because I have no idea. Yeah, I don't have a clue. I mean, he's not going to defend. We, we he can't he can't play defense. So you you know can you close games with him? Like you're not going to play the Warriors with him out there. I mean, he's toast, right? Like so, if every other team think about what what happened with them when people were hunting Harden, now they're going to hunt Car- Carmelo. Harden at least right. is a big body. You can't like you can't post him up. But Carmelo gives no effort when he's guarding in the post, and and on the wing he's just it's a shit show. Um, you know, I I just don't know. I mean, can you can you imagine all these switches KD's going to get onto? KD's going to drop fifty <laughs> oh, dear. on twelve shots. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we we've talked before about how uh you know Blazers losing Ed Davis this summer and trying to re- replace that rebounding value. Huge. Can we really uh have like Swanigan or other people pick up that slack? You got to look at it the same way with the Rockets down there. Is Carmelo really a positive replacement for Ariza on offense or defense? I don't think he no. is. No, Reese is a better player at this point. Yeah. All right. So like Brandon said, we are definitely running a little short on the time. Uh, Dave, want to thank you so much for coming in here. I do have one last thing. We had a nice hot take there a little bit. I feel about Lakers maybe not making the playoffs. That's good to get in there. But I want to maybe have one uh, one Blazer-centric hot take, see if I can get this out of you. So we have three big men now who are all stepping beyond the line on offense, Nurk, Myers, and Zach. Which of them do you think will hit the most threes this season and give me an over-under for uh, how many that'll be? Most. Uh, how many is Nurk taking a game in the pl- in the preseason? In the preseason, he's I think like it's two-ish. around two to a game. Like around two. And Myers is taking what four? Yeah, three or four. Yeah, yeah but will Myers have these minutes in the regular season? <laughs> See, that, that's the issue. Um, I don't think Nurk is going to take that many. Um, I'll say you, you want to know who's going to hit the most or take the most. Who's going to hit the most, and uh, what's the what's the over under for it? I'll, I'll say Zach Collins, and I'll say he'll hit fifty. Okay. okay. He'll hit fifty threes. Brandon, are you over or under on Zach Collins in fifty threes? It's less than one a game. Yeah, I mean, i i want to I want to say that I believe in the mirage of Nurk actually taking threes and say that he'll actually take take and well actually make more than one three a game. But I don't know if I can actually say that with a straight face. I I am afraid that the Blazers are gonna. <laughs> I, I'm afraid the Blazers are gonna lean on Myers Leonard. A lot. I mean, you've heard a lot about they're going to lean on Evan Turner. They're going to lean on Myers Leonard. I feel like they're going to stick with that until it completely breaks. I'm actually going to go with Myers. Uh, I'm going to say he's going to take uh, 70 
so he's, I'm looking. He's gonna make seventy. Oh, sorry. Was T- it take or make? Make, make, yeah. Uh, right. Zach, Dave says Zach Collins make fifty. You're saying Myers? I'll makes... say that Myers will make fifty-one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Bryce so is right. I'm looking at uh, at Basketball Reference and um, <laughs> projected for 2018-2019 per 36, they have Collins taking four threes a game. That's wow. per 36. Whoa. So so he's yeah. he's not going to play that. He's going to play about half that. So he'll be shooting like two a game. He'd have to hit. I mean. 30 percent 30 something percent uh to do okay last year he was at 31 percent on less than two a game so actually you know last year he hit 41 threes is that correct oh wow was it that many uh yeah i know it's surprising right more than i thought well i mean yeah so maybe that was what you're saying so i think he's gonna hit 50 keith where you at on this I could see Zach Collins hitting 50. I kind of like that read for it. I'm going with the minutes, though. I think Nurk is going to have the most opportunity, and I think this being a new weapon with him, I think he kind of, I think they're going to really drill into Nurk that he has this responsibility to keep the floor spread, and I think he's just going to be, be there more than the other guys on there. So I'm going with Nurk, and I'll put a, I'll put Nurk at 52. Screw you, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and what do I, what do I get when I win this thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can. Uh, I'll send you can you, come back on the show. I'll send you. I'll send you a basketball <laughs> card. The Trailcaster gives away basketball cards during the season, so I'll, I'll hook you up with some. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, listeners, let us know what you think. Write us at Trailcasters on Twitter, IG, and Facebook, and you can email us at Trailcasters at gmail.com. Thank you, Dave DeFore, man. Please come back on the Trailcasters anytime. Yeah, that uh, was fun. I'd love if, to do that. Uh, if listeners are trying to reach out to you, what is the best social media uh, identification or email to drop you? Just Twitter at Twitter. Dave Dufour NBA. There we go. By the way, the other Dave Dufour is some MAGA guy. So, <laughs> are you serious? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no. Yeah, so, so don't 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 reach out to him. That dude. I don't know him. I'm not related. <laughs> okay. So just. Good. Good to know. All right, Whoever well, that guy is, mine has NBA for that reason. Twitter <laughs> won't give me that handle. Um, <laughs> the, the check mark, they won't give you that blue check? Well, I've got the blue check. They won't okay, give cool. me his name. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. He's just trying to make Twitter great again, Dave. That's all he's trying to I do. I guess. <laughs> I guess. All right. So, well, uh, yeah. So what? definitely make sure it's got NBA in there because... <laughs> And for those listeners that send, uh, that get a hold of the wrong Dave Dufour, please send all of your angry hate mail to uh, Brandon Goldner at gmail.com no. or whatever that is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Dave, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. We'll get you back yeah. on here soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you again to Dave. Loved having him on. And we will be right back with some more Trail Cashers. But first, a word from one of our awesome sponsors, Envy Adventures. So, Brandon, as I was saying earlier, I, uh, I was up in Yakima all weekend. Yakima! Uh, <laughs> and we, uh, how many references to that can we make before we have to give do Seinfeld credit? Okay. 30, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we gotta, I'll keep count. Uh, so yeah, uh, driving to and from Yakima is about a three and a half hour drive each direction. And that's not the worst. It's, it's through pretty beautiful country and I was with some friends and coworkers, so I had a good time with it. But... Seven hours of wasted time can uh, can have an effect, make you a little tired, can make you late for a podcast recording when you have a wonderful guest oh. that you shouldn't be late for. Uh, but if you are ever t- running late for a podcast and just don't have time to drive, you should go and talk to NV Adventures. That would be E-N-V-I Adventures at nvadventures.com. They don't really... Uh, they don't really specialize in air travel let's say they're not really meant to be taking you from one to the next but what they can do is take you all around town all over portland all over the columbia river gorge all over the cascade mountains uh see lots of beautiful sights out here and these flights start at only 99 dollars per flight brandon how amazing is that that's not 99 per person that i mean i spent more on that uh more than 99 dollars just on the gas getting to and from yakima so that seems like a real steal wouldn't you say man those aren't portland prices those are yakima prices <laughs> and so if you want to get some Yakima prices on scene flights all over Portland, you should go to Envy Adventures. That is EnvyAdventures.com, E-N-V-I Adventures.com. Check them out today. Welcome back. We've got a few other hot topics on the back burner, including reseason the playoffs. We'll be talking previewing uh, much of the upcoming regular season schedule and the wide, wide world of sports betting, which we talked about a little bit. You know, getting into these over-unders with Dave today. But today, we are going to stick straight with uh, some pre, some post-season, no, let's see, 
post preseason, post preseason media coverage from Stotts. He just had this the other day after the Kings game, uh, and there were a few notes that I wanted to kind of cover here before we move on. Uh, now he said, while well, the offense is looking good, and we're seeing lots of uh, lots of chemistry and, and sync out there on that end. The defense needs work. Now, on one hand, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe that's fairly typical of the preseason. Uh, but on the other hand, our defense was so critical to our success last season, and we haven't had that much roster change. I know we lost at Davis and Shabazz but, and Pat, uh, Patty Pat, 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 three ball, but they weren't really critical parts of the defense. Does this concern you at all that maybe Nurk is less focused on defense and he's more interested in developing this three-point shot or getting other parts of his game going? No. And it's because it's preseason, right? So you've had games where Dame and CJ haven't played. You've had games where they played not their normal minutes. You've had games where Aminu hasn't played and Mo Harkless hasn't been in the lineup at all. And then you also had Ed Davis leaving. You have to fill that void somehow, um, both with the bench and kind of that overlap with the starting unit. So this doesn't concern me too much, right? Because the fundamentals of Portland's defense are still intact. It's not like they had huge roster turnover or anything. And yeah, they're going to need more from players like Zach Collins, like Myers Leonard. And you're going to see more out of players like uh, Seth Curry, Nick Stauskas, um, new to the team, and 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 Jake Lehman and other people who are going to be asked to step up. But all this is just to say, Portland never had a single dominant defensive player. It's a system defense, and because of that, I have no doubt that once the season starts and they get a little bit more comfortable, they'll get back into it. Now, I'm not thinking they're going to have another top ten in defense kind of year. I would oh, really. Be- I don't think so. I'd be pretty surprised. I, no, I th- that's a big fall off though, right? Didn't we finish like third defense? I don't know. Uh, I know it was definitely top 10. Let's uh, let's look it up. Um, but uh, you know, and again, I think that what you're going to see is that the Blazers increased offense is maybe going to even more than make up for their, their fall off in defense. If there is one, and that's actually a, maybe not trying to like segue too quick away from this. I did want to talk a little bit about, the, <laughs> I want to talk about the bench, um, but on the defense, that's, those are my, those are my two cents as of now as I'm struggling to, to look at what their defense was last year. Um, I know all the stats are changing over to the stuff from this season. Here we go. I have, nope, I've got a bunch of stat standings from last year, but I do not have just the overall defense so standing. Here, here's what we have. If you go to basketballreference.com for last season, they have something called the defense four factors. It is how well they held opponents, um, their effective field goal percentage, the turnover rate, uh, their opponent's defensive rebounding percentage, and then how many free throws and field goals they attempted per game. So those four factors, and out of 30 teams, here's how they ranked in each of those four factors. Fourth in effective field goal percentage, fifth in defensive rebounding, but then just 18th in the number of free throws and field goals allowed, and then 29th in turnovers. So they had a good defense. It wasn't top five to the best of my memory, um, and I don't think that they're going to be top 10 again this year. I just don't think that's going to happen. Well, that's interesting, and I, I, I wouldn't have expected that take from you, sir. I, I got to say, I, I feel like really? defense is going to be one of our new calling cards. I think that's going to be one of the, the consistent things that we can count on. But, yeah, we'll have to see how it uh, comes along. I think, if anything, this comment from Stotts is more just trying to get to his team, send them a message about, hey, you know, good for you guys making shots, but got to play both ends of the court. One other thing that I found interesting that he brought up, and this kind of ties in towards the bench players that you had mentioned, uh, we touched on this with Dave as well. Nurk and Zach on the floor together. So this fifth, this last game, I think it was a fourth or fifth. I don't remember. However many preseason games they had. Uh, it was five. Okay. Uh, against Sacramento, he didn't start Aminu. And instead, we saw Nurk and Zach Collins starting the game and playing a lot more time together. Do you see this lineup as being an effective one that we're going to see a lot of throughout this season? Probably not. I mean, I think that even Stott said it himself. He wanted to see how it looked. And I think he said, yeah, it looked fine. It looked okay, <laughs> which it did. I mean, it, it, Dave said it too. It's like Zach Collins is not quite ready to be like a super sub. Like, I think he's ready to have consistent minutes, which is, I mean, he even got consistent minutes last year. He's going to be asked to do more this year. But I mean, we'll see. I think the biggest thing for Zach Collins like if you're not looking at the fact that he he does have to get bigger but that's not going to happen this year so like what's one thing he can do more this year just his shot going in more that's really going to help yeah. he's got a great shot it looks mechanically sound he's comfortable taking it i think if his shot falls a little bit more he'll be he'll be more than fine i don't think that him and Nurkic are going to be like a like a world being lineup or anything that's i don't think that's in the cards i i think uh 
It's interesting too, for me, when I compare, when I see both Zach take a shot from three and Myers take a shot from three, there's a difference between these two as far as Myers has, when he has his feet set, and we all know that he's had a slow release before, and I believe it has gotten faster. We'll have to see how that plays out in the season. Uh, When he has his feet set, he's a knockdown three-point shooter, but he's not a guy with his frame and his foot speed that can be, let's say, coming around screens or repositioning out to the three-point line at the last second. He has to be there ready, and that probably makes it a little easier for a opponents to defend zach collins on the other hand i feel like you see him often where he's catching the ball right as his feet are landing and he's ready to take a three in rhythm or he's kind of moving uh around a a, a dribble handoff or a ball screen to a spot where he's he's not set and ready but he can still get everything worked in there i i think his fundamentals are solid and i uh i'd be curious to see more of him and nurk on the floor especially if nurk is going to occasionally step out to the line but mostly be that inside presence i think there could be some good balance there but we will have to wait and see for it the one other aspect of this that i want to touch on uh and if you want to mention anything about individual bench players feel free Terry mentioned that we had four out of our five preseason games this year with 25 or more assists. Now, that's big because last year in the NBA, uh, Blazers were league worst at 19.5 assists per game. Now, on the, on the opposite end of that, we held opponents last year to only 20.2 assists. That was second best in the league. So... Defensively, we made uh, opponents play one v one, not really get, uh, not be moving the ball around as much. But we were even worse at it ourselves. With four of the five preseason games this year, over twenty five assists. Do you think we're going to see uh, more ball movement in the Blazer offense this year? Probably. I think that that's when you're talking about ball movement and assists. Part of what you have to look at is is the team making it a point of emphasis and they are this year both with I mean I think of two players in particular CJ McCollum and Evan Turner right so both CJ and Evan have said themselves and coach Stotts has mentioned how you know CJ has to facilitate more that their bench unit's going to look different because they have more shooters around them and the same thing with Evan Turner Evan Turner has to shoot less and facilitate more in part because the bench looks different than it did last year. They have way more shooting. So Ed Davis was the opposite of a of a shooter. Right now they've basically replaced Ed Davis, Pat Connaughton, Shabazz Napier with Nick, Nick Stauskas and Seth Curry, uh, maybe Anthony Simons, uh, maybe more minutes for Lehman and Wade Baldwin, but that's a lot more shooting than they used to have. And because of that, yeah, like players like CJ and Evan have to pass more. So I do think the Blazers will have more assists. And that was something that was so confusing last year. Like the defense looked great, but where was that classic Stotzian offense? It was really I right. mean, nowhere to be found. It's maybe a little bit harsh, but yeah, I think we're going to see more ball movement this year. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to look a lot better. Well, I, th- I think like you said there at the end, the key for Stotts' offense has always been this flow system, the idea that everyone should be moving. And if people are moving around the floor, the idea is that the ball should be moving as well. That's how you get a defense off balance. That's how you get a shot that's not just a good shot, but a great shot. You're passing over to the, the open guy who passes to the more open guy. And I do think with the number of shooters we've added, we could see a lot more of that. And so hopefully that is, you know, maybe in the long run, maybe when we're partway through the season and we're seeing uh, 23 or four assists per game average and we're seeing more threes made per game maybe people start to hate a little less on the ed davis move well and look at i mean look let's look at cj mccollum as an example in the three preseason games where he played more than 20 minutes he had four five and six assists um and only one of those games did he play 30 minutes of course that game against the kings he had 21 nine and six which was pretty impressive so yeah i think early returns say that at least cj is taking that more seriously and i think again that's a good sign for the rest of the team moving forward too. CJ averages he had I think three point something assists last year and he averages just under three assists for his career so those are all good preseason numbers as far as just showing that he is being more of a playmaker not just a shooter. Same I'd be, and, and well same yeah. thing Evan Turner also had six assists go. against the Kings. See, that was perfect. You knew exactly where my mind was going. That's some beautiful chemistry, just like the Blazers have here in town. You knew exactly what I was going to go to next. You had Evan Turner's stats pulled up. How how much did that hurt? Did that sting for you having to pull up Evan Turner's stats and talk about how he could really help the Blazers this year? It did. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's it's almost as painful as having to talk about Yakima 35 times during Yakima. the podcast. <laughs> All right, well, we probably are approaching that, uh, that quota on the Yakima talk. So, listeners, thank you. Remember, you can write us at any time about anything, preferably Blazers, but we need your listener questions. And I believe as we are getting back into this regular season, we have a little promotion that's coming back, don't we, Brandon? Yeah, I'm going to be giving away some more basketball cards. I mean, it's been a little bit 
uh, since we've given any away. But yeah, definitely check us out at Trailcasters on Twitter. Uh, generally, what we do is we offer up basketball cards to people who ask questions on Twitter and then retweet it, just so, again, we're reaching more people. Um, and with that, I think it's a perfect time to segue into how can you reach out to us? It's pretty easy. Uh, how can they reach out to us, Brandon? Tell, tell us how they can do that. I, I can I can tell you. It's going to be at Trailcasters. It doesn't matter if it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or anything else. That's the handle. Oh. Emails are going to be trailcasters at gmail.com. You can also check out our website, trailcasters.com. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that the intro and outro beats, the beats that you're enjoying right now, in fact, are brought to you by oh, Odar, who yeah. has a new album dropping, by the way. And if you're curious and listening oh, to really? that album, you should check it out. That's soundcloud.com slash Odar Beats. Odar is spelled O-D-A-R. And we're going to want your five-star reviews, as always. It does Wait, how many stars? Five, please. Five would be five. great. Unless five there's stars. a six rating, then if it's then give the maximum number of stars. Let's not peg it to a number. Let's say the maximum number of stars. That's how many stars we want. Doesn't matter the platform. We want the reviews because more reviews means more people. More people is more fun, and we do like to have fun on the show. With that, I'm going to leave it off to Keith to get us all the way out of here, please. Oh man, that that range and vibrato at the top. I don't know how I've kept you on this podcast so long and how you just haven't gone off to perform an opera somewhere. And Pavarotti's ghost, man. So they call me. (laughs) (laughs) Wasting your talent, sir. Wasted talent here on the Trailcasters. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Brandon, as always, for your beautiful vocal cords and singing accompaniment. Thank you, Odar, for the fat beats. Thank you to our sponsors, Envy Adventures and Clearly Speaking. And thank you to Dave DeFore of On the NBA with Dave DeFore for joining us today. And thank you, listeners, of course, for a great listening. We hope you enjoyed your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week, not only for the Blazer regular season, but for the next Trailcasters episode. <laughs> and by the way, before, before we get too lovey-dovey on Evan Turner, I do want to mention that that King thing, he went 0 for 3, so he had the 6 assists. Oh. <laughs> he also had 4 turnovers. I just don't understand, like... Hey, you know what I call that? A playmaker. Well, it's kind of like <laughs> giving him a bigger role is like having that person at work who like doesn't do their job, and so they like give them a promotion so that they don't have to be doing that job that they actually really need someone to do. It's just I don't I don't like it. Look, look it, just because he wasn't good in the role he had before doesn't mean he. It, just because he wasn't oh. good at packing boxes doesn't mean he wouldn't be a good manager. Oh, Come for on, God's sake! <laughs> I'm so over Evan Turner. He's probably a very nice guy. By the way, Evan Turner, because I ran by his house recently, that water feature is finally working again so i can confirm the giant marble orb does now rotate it's been a few years haven't seen it moving in a while so at least he can get his fountain working that's one thing you can do (laughs) it's 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 now officially uh it is no longer a flat earth globe where it had no spin (laughs) it is back to being an actual spinning around yeah exactly (laughs) 